Progressive presents Married to Your Home. I'm disgusting. Oh, house, don't say that. You could live someplace so much better than me. That's not true. Oh, yeah? Look at these uneven stairs. Gross. House, you know I don't care. Ugh, and the squeaky door hinge. I think it's cute. No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, our radio website, exxonradiotv.com. And if you'd like to send an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. For all the great programming we have available for you 24 7. Like I was saying before, Craig just potted that up uh, on me. All the programming we have available, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Laurel Clark. She is a teacher of adult education in metaphysics, dreams, visualization, and holistic living. She is the owner and developer of Whole Life Resources, the chair of the board and past president of the International Association for Study of Dreams, and the past president of the School of Metaphysics. She is the author of Intuitive Dreaming, Karmic Healing, The Law of Attraction, and Other Secrets of Visualization Concentration, and contributor to a number of other published books. She offers classes and workshops to business, professional groups, and organizations to aid people to live more purposeful lives. She is also an ordained minister in the Interchurch of Metaphysics and a counselor and mentors people to develop their creativity, cultivate intuition, Manifest their passion and fulfill their destiny. Her website, laurelclark.com. And Laurel, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you. Great to be here. Um, what was it that happened in, in your life that put you on the path to doing the, the work you're doing now in the world of metaphysics? 
You know, that's a very interesting question. I think it really started when I was a very young child, having um, parents who um, education was important, and they taught my sisters and me that Mm -hmm. we could do whatever we wanted to. And um, I had a very clear sense when I was young that there was something that I was supposed to do with my life. I wouldn't have called it a calling when I was young, but that's really what it was. And um, so when I went to college, I was not going there to get a degree for an occupation. I was really going there for self-discovery. And I thought somehow by being in college, I would discover what I was supposed to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I got a great education. I graduated with a bachelor's and still didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And it was at that time I met someone uh, through a meditation group. I'd been meditating for a couple of years who told me about past life readings that the School of Metaphysics did. And that was very intriguing to me. In 1979, people didn't really talk about past lives very much, if at all. So um, I was curious and had one done, and I was very amazed at how deeply it resonated with um, what I knew I needed to learn and to understand. And so that's why I became a student at the School of Metaphysics, and things just unfolded from there. Why do you think so many people in today's society, such a high-tech society, are showing such great interest in the metaphysics? I think a lot of it is because people find out sooner or later that physical things don't last. So you can devote your life to making a bunch of money and either saving it or spending it, Mm -hmm. and those things are going to deteriorate. Um, you know, sometimes something that's exciting in the beginning, it gets kind of boring after a while. People find that with, um, you know, food. They love it. But if you eat a whole gallon of ice cream, you're going to feel sick, even well, though course, the yeah. first taste is good. So I think that part of it is just the fact that at least, um, I don't know about in Canada, but certainly in the United States, we have kind of an overabundance. People can do pretty much anything they want to. They can acquire pretty much anything they want to. And um, it gets kind of overwhelming. So I think people are really looking for more simplicity, you know, to have more of a sense of being centered in what's really meaningful and lasting. So is it the people who do not have everything in life that those who are fortunate enough to have worked very hard in their life to attain the abundance that they have, are these the people who are turning to the world of metaphysics? I think it's all kinds of people. I actually, years ago when Patrick Swayze was Mm -hmm. still alive, I heard a very interesting interview that he did on a late night All right, why don't don't you share that with us when we come back from this commercial break? Exonation, Laurel Clark is our guest, www.laurelclark.com, and we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone. Laurel Clark is our guest for this hour, www.laurelclark.com. And Laurel, before you went, we went to the commercial break, you were just starting to tell us about an interview that you heard with Patrick Swayze on a late night show. Yes, he starred in a movie, um, I think it was called City of Joy. It was filmed in India, and he and one other actress in the film were from America, and everybody else in the movie was... Uh, native mm-hmm. of India, and you know, here's a man who seemingly had everything—a beautiful wife, money, fame, career—so talented. And he said he was very envious of the people in India because they had so little material wealth that all they had was their love for each other and their love for God. And so, in his world, the fact that they had what in this country we would consider to be poverty, he viewed as a kind of blessing because they were happy. They weren't, um, you know, depressed and disgruntled. They really focused on their love for their family and friends and their love for God. Well, I I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people who are very wealthy and they have a fully enjoyable life. They give to the unfortunate and they go to church and they have a great love for life. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to find, I find it rather hard to understand what this has to do with anything. Well, what I'm, you were asking about people being interested in Mm -hmm. metaphysics and I think that the interest is people wanting to find what's meaningful. So I, I know people like you're talking about also. Yes. And so they find meaning from being generous, giving from their abundance, helping other people, mm-hmm. um, being able to, um, you know, maybe be a kind of channel for goodness in the world. So I think that's what interests people in metaphysics is trying to find what's meaningful and, um, a lot of times that's not what's uh, put out in terms of uh, what people are told is going to be meaningful. I mean, there's a lot of focus with at least people I know who are in their 20s and mm-hmm. 30s 
who are um, wanting a career, they're wanting to make money, and well, sure. you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to a career making money. I think that's important. Right. But they don't always know what the purpose is for the career that they're choosing. Well, I don't know so, very many people who are in their early 20s who have that knowledge yet. This is called life. It's a learning process. Nobody right, is born with right. the answer. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. Yeah. And I think that um, a lot of what is um, good about our society and about the fact that there's so much social media that people are introduced to lots of different options, lots of, lots of different ideas. And um, I think, though, that it's important to learn how to concentrate and focus because there are so many options and ideas that it, it can get kind of overwhelming. You know, people can tend to get scattered. Well, isn't that what defines success is those who can focus are successful, those who don't? have a hard time in society. Yeah, I think that's a very big part of it. Yeah. And I think knowing what to focus upon is important because sometimes people will... Um, I was just talking with somebody yesterday who, um, at the age of about 50, realized that some of the things that she had been focusing on in her life turned out to not be very mm -hmm. fulfilling, and so now... She's looking at the fact that she still has plenty of life left, but she's not brand new. And, you know, is it too late for her to go back to school? Is it too late to start a new career? So I think that as people learn how life can be a learning process, mm -hmm. it helps them so that they learn along the way and they can make adjustments if they need to. And um, I agree with you that helping others, I think, is a very fundamental part of finding some kind of meaning in life. So how would you describe the word metaphysics? Well, meta, the prefix, means above or beyond. Physics meaning the laws of the physical universe. Mm -hmm. So it's what's above and beyond the physical. So um, you might call it the laws of creation or the universal laws. That's how I was taught it in the school of metaphysics. And applied metaphysics is learning how to develop the greater, and by greater I mean more than um, the physical senses, the abilities of the mind like concentration, listening, memory, intuition, um, reasoning skills, dreams and dream interpretation, visualization. So it's applying the abilities of the mind for whatever purpose someone wants to apply them to. Okay, so how would metaphysics or the study of metaphysics help someone in their in their day-to-day -day life? Well, there's a lot of ways. In terms of focus, I learned concentration exercises when I began my study of metaphysics, and that was so helpful to me in simple things like curing insomnia that I'd had, because I would go to bed at night and my mind would just be going and mm -hmm. so the concentration exercises helped me to clear my mind being able to focus when I had lots of creative ideas I think a lot of people who are creative um, not everyone but some people can start a lot of things and then have a lot of things unfinished so 
Um, it helped me to be able to complete creative projects instead of having a bunch of unfinished ones. Learning how to meditate has been extremely valuable to be able to have a kind of calm center inside of myself, no matter what's going on outside or emotionally. So um, those are some applications. Mm -hmm. Would you say that metaphysics is something that would be beneficial to one and all, or is it a chosen, um, is it something that one would choose to enhance their life? I think it's beneficial for everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, how in-depth someone goes with it is a matter of choice, but nighttime dreams, for example, everybody dreams, not everybody remembers their dreams, mm -hmm. and in the dream community that I'm a part of, there are people who are scientists who measure what happens in the brain when we sleep, there are therapists, there are college mm -hmm. professors, there are a lot of um, people in the artistic community who use dreams for creative inspiration. There are um, business entrepreneurs who have gotten um, business ideas from dreams. There are people who don't use dreams professionally, but they keep a dream journal for their own personal guidance. So, I mean, that's one example of a resource that everyone has available that some people don't use at all and some people use quite a lot, and then everything in between. Wouldn't you say that metaphysics is just like any other philosophy? If you believe in it, it works. If you don't believe in it, it doesn't. Um, I would say partially that's true. I think beyond the belief in it, there also needs to be the testing out of it. So, um, for example, one of the things that I learned early on in my schooling in metaphysics was to keep what we call an intuitive happenings log, to actually write down intuitive happenings mm -hmm. and over time to get a record of what was the difference between things that actually were intuition, whether it was telepathy or precognition, and what were things that um, were ideas I had that didn't actually turn out to be intuitive. And then through that process, that has helped me tremendously to become much more aware, for example, when there's a thought that pops in my mind. Is that an actual intuitive hunch, or is that my own idea that I'm thinking? And so that kind of self-discovery, I think, is a process that comes through practice. Whether it's an intuitive hunch or something that you come up with, as long as it works, does it really matter? Well, I think... Um, it does matter in terms of knowing the connections we have with other people. So, um, for example, just a few weeks ago, I thought popped in my mind to contact two women I know who are, um, have a dream institute mm -hmm. to see if they needed some help. And, um, I doubted whether I should actually do it. I didn't want to bug them. I didn't want to be pushy. But I knew that that was something that was not something that I was just thinking about. It came to me. And so I contacted them, and one of them said, that's amazing. Just yesterday we were talking about saying that we needed some help. So 
that was a definite, um, and, and not just that they were talking about it, but they had done a, a mental uh, broadcast, a mental projection to visualize for that. So, you know, whether it had been my idea that I contacted them or an intuitive hunch, mm-hmm. the difference for me was the affirmation that we were connected telepathically, that that helped me to realize that we're aligned in terms of our ideal and purpose, and that it's probably a pretty good match in terms of us working together, which might or might not have been the case Mm -hmm. if it was just my idea that I'd come up with. It it helped me realize that it was a mutual desire and a mutual idea, not just mine. So you're saying this this was real, it wasn't anything like uh, synchronicity or coincidence? Well, I think that that is what synchronicity or coincidence is. It's that there is some kind of mind-to-mind connection, whether it's two individuals or one person tapping into a kind of global awareness. Mm -hmm. And um, I think people sometimes call it coincidence because they don't know how else to label it. Um, And, I mean, even the word means two incidents that are happening together, Mm -hmm. which is different in my mind from an accident or something that's random. Okay. Uh, If if metaphysics is such an asset, how come very few people use it? Well, that's a great question. And I think part of it is preconceived ideas that people have. Um, for example, last week I was giving, um, a workshop to a small group of people in a corporate environment about dreams. And the person who set it up is interested in metaphysics. And one of the other people in her group said that she wanted to learn more about it. And there were some other people in the group who, when they introduced themselves, they said that they were skeptical and they actually had some very deep and profound questions and having me come in there was kind of like giving them permission to talk about these things that obviously were important to them. Um, one of the people has a son who he was concerned about. And All right, hold on here. We're going to have pretty... to take another break and do a bit of a cliffhanger here. Laurel Clark is our special guest okay. exonation, www.laurelclark.com. This is the Exxon, and the current edition of the X Chronicles newspaper is available for one and all at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Welcome back, everyone. Laurel Clark is our special guest, www.laurelclark.com. And uh, before we went to the break, Laurel, you were telling us about this corporate event that you were doing, and uh, there were some people in there who who came in and, and started asking you questions, and one of them had something to do with one of their sons. Yes, he um, has a special needs son and has dreams. I, I mean, he was saying... Mm-hmm on the one hand, that he didn't really believe this, and then on the other hand, that he has dreams that are um, a little bit disturbing to him about his son being in danger, and he responded to one of those, and it sounds like he may have saved his son from drowning. So when you were asking if metaphysics is so important, why Mm -hmm. don't people um, do more with it, he had certain ideas that this stuff wasn't real, and I think actually, more accurately, he was thinking that other people would think that. And so just giving an opening that gave him permission to ask was very important. So I think some of what could help people to use metaphysics more is to be more um, open about it, more communicative about it. You know, things like your show here, I think, are fantastic because it gives people an opening to talk about things that are important to them. Right. I think a lot of people are looking for that. Tell me, what does it mean to live more holistically? Well, I look at the self as being spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. Mm -hmm. So I think living more holistically incorporates all of that. And spiritual does not have to be religious. I think it can be humanitarian, Um, in any way that somebody realizes that there's something greater than themselves, that they're connected to whatever that greater reality is, and they strive to understand it and to associate with it, Um, having personal relationships that are valuable, having a relationship itself that's healthy. So that would include, you know, whatever physically people do to be healthy as well as what they do with their own attitudes and emotions, and integrating all of that is what I would consider to be a holistic type of lifestyle. To me, this sounds common sense. I agree with you, and I wish that there were more people that operated from common sense. I really do. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm having a bit of a a bit of a problem understanding how something that is common sense to the majority of people has to be labeled as metaphysics in order for the for other people in society to understand it. Well, I don't know that it does necessarily. I mean, I read a lot, and when I read books by people who are successful in any endeavor, I mean, even mm-hmm. old classics like, um, oh, books by John D. Rockefeller and uh, people who were philanthropists in the early beginnings of uh, the Industrial Revolution, Mm -hmm. even though I don't think that those people used the word metaphysics, I think they were practicing it. I think they were practicing universal law. Um, And I know that at one time, the word metaphysics was considered hidden or occult, and it's become much more popular. I think when um, the knowledge of 
the law of attraction became public in the media. People started talking more about universal laws. So um, I think it's, it's like many things that how people label something doesn't necessarily define what it is. And um, I think that when I was talking earlier about people realizing that physical things are not all that there is, mm-hmm. I think pretty much anybody who lives with a sense of meaning and purpose in some way is practicing metaphysics, but they don't always call it that. Okay, but whatever happened, uh, couldn't some of this just be business sense, uh, life smarts? Um, it could be. I think that the more somebody understands how something works, the better able they are to access it. So um, I know that there are people who have what I would consider to be partial information about some of these principles, and they'll say things like, you just have to put the intention out there and it will come to you. And I have not found that to be true. It is important to be clear about your intentions, but it also requires effort. And, I mean, there are teachings in Scripture, there are teachings in self-help books, there are teachings in business teaching that would say the same thing. Mm -hmm. But if it was common sense, then everybody would apply it. And um, not everybody does apply it. Well, success, success and hard work, success is not a common thing. Success is something that has to be worked on very hard. And when people right. fail in this, this society that pampers them, in my opinion, way too much, they fail at something, and instead of getting back on the horse and making it work, they just trot off to something else that is a lot easier. So right. I, I think that the society that we're seeing today is spoiled. It's lazy. It expects too much for too little. And it, it has a nasty habit of looking at those who have the ability to work and stick through a plan from A to B and then from B all the way down to the end of the alphabet until it's successful. They look at them as if they are the enemy, that they were so lucky, that you know this, that, and the other thing. There's a lot of animosity and jealousy when the truth is that those who are jealous or envious are the laziest people on this planet. Yeah, I agree with you about that. And one of the early teachings that I learned Mm -hmm. through the School of Metaphysics was what we called and do call a formula for success, which is first having an ideal and then not just pie-in-the-sky ideals, but turning those into goals. Mm -hmm. And goal plus purpose plus activity equals success. And that seems really simplistic, But when I look at the difference between the kind of person you're talking about who actually applies themselves and if something doesn't work, they keep going Mm -hmm. and, you know, they remember what's my purpose for this and continue putting forth activity until they accomplish the goal. And someone who says, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be, or they blame whatever, the economy, the environment, the weather, um, it makes a difference. And that's one of the reasons why... I hope that more people understand that there are principles that anyone can apply. It really is not a matter of luck or privilege. It's a matter of perhaps 
you know, starting with more resources, but there are so many stories of people who came from rags to riches. Um, my grandfather is an example of that. I mean, it was a long time ago, but he immigrated to this country when he was 14 from Russia. He mm-hmm. didn't speak any English. He was Jewish, so there weren't opportunities available. And he and his brother um, went around to factories that were producing clothes. They picked up the leftover fabric, they cleaned it, turned it into industrial rags, and then sold it to industries. And they actually built a fortune, literally, from rags to riches. Mm -hmm. They built a company on making rags that they sold to the new industries. And then he was a philanthropist. I mean, he gave most of that money to help the poor because that was part of his religious belief. So, um, you know, people might say, oh, you can't really do things like that anymore, but you can. I mean, there are many, many stories of people that seemingly start with nothing and they make a good life and then they help other people with what they have built. But doesn't that go to their humanistic values and has nothing to do with metaphysics? I think it does go to their humanistic values. Maybe how you're using the word metaphysics is different from the way I'm using it and how I have learned to define it as above or beyond what's physical. Mm -hmm. I would consider humanitarianism a part of that in that being aware that any one person is part of a larger humanity. Religious people would say that they're part of uh, the body of Christ or God's creation. It doesn't really matter, in my mind, how somebody looks at the greater collective whole. I do think that that is part of metaphysics, is knowing that we're a grain of sand on the beach and that part of what we're here for is to do our part to contribute to the beach All right, so what happens to us after this physical existence of ours ends, according to the the way that you look at life and the way that life is described and understood by the world of metaphysics? Well, the way that I look at it, and um, some of this is a belief, it's not mm-hmm. a, a knowing yet. I personally have never had a near-death experience, although I know some people who have. I look at where we go after we die as the same place in terms of uh, an inner place, the same place that we go when we sleep at night and dream, which is why in my understanding, it's possible to have a visitation dream where someone who has died can come to a person who is still here Mm -hmm. and communicate because that's the place that they share. And, I believe that there's a process of evaluation that people go through, depending upon how they die. Sometimes they go through that evaluation process when they're in the dying process. And I think that uh, when people resolve things when they're still here, it helps them to have an easier death. If there's a lot of unresolved stuff, I think that uh, that type of person sometimes has a more difficult time letting go. And, I personally do believe in reincarnation, that life is a schoolroom, and if we have not completed all of our life lessons in a particular lifetime, that we'll come back so that we can um, 
move on to the next grade, if you want to look at it like a schoolroom or complete things that we've left incomplete. But what is the what is the main goal then if we keep coming back and uh, living a life dying, coming back, living a life dying, coming back, living a life dying? What is the ultimate goal? Well, I think that the ultimate goal is that we actually complete the life lessons, that we don't keep coming back forever and ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Buddhists would say that it's getting off of the cycle of birth and rebirth, and some people believe that when an individual has completed that, if they want to, they can come back as a a teacher, like a world teacher or a spiritual teacher. The Buddhists call it a bodhisattva. Um, You know, is that true or not? Until I have completed all of my lifetimes, I don't think I can say I know that, but that's my belief. And that then, I'm not sure what happens after that. Well, I know what I, I know what happens now. I've got to take my final break, so please stand by. Exxon Nation, our guest this okay. hour is Laurel Clark, and her website is www.laurelclark.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Exonation Laurel Clark is our guest this hour, www.laurelclark.com. Laurel, you wrote a book called The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization. 
First of all, what is visualization and what are the other secrets? Visualization is a process of communicating from the conscious mind to the subconscious mind. So the first step is to imagine, to image a very clear, detailed mental image of whatever it is somebody wants. It Mm -hmm. could be a state of being like they want to be more calm or more expressive. It could be that they want a new pair of shoes or a car, whatever it is that they are visualizing to create a clear image of that. And then to release it by doing something else, thinking something else, where it gets planted in the subconscious mind. And then as we were talking about earlier, it's not a matter of just sitting there and waiting for whatever you want to plop in your lap. Mm -hmm. It does require effort. However, by visualizing first, then the effort is much more targeted or directed, and it tends much more easily and quickly to produce results. And part of the process of the thought form developing in the subconscious mind, that's when the seeming coincidences can happen or the synchronicities where you just happen to be in the right place at the right time. You've been visualizing something and then it seems like out of the blue somebody calls you and what they want is exactly what you have to offer. That happens because the visualized image is actually growing and developing in the inner mind. So some of um, what people have come to know as the law of attraction is like attracts like, that people, places, things, circumstances that are like what you are imaging or visualizing Mm -hmm. will either be drawn into your life or you will be drawn into the people, places, and things that match that. How does does this work within the law of physics and the laws of the universe? How does it work? Well, one of the laws of the universe is the law of relativity, that for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. Mm -hmm. And as I understand it, there is also a mental law of relativity, which is that how I would describe it, one thing leads to another. And this is why taking action on a goal is important, because you might not see all of the steps that you need to take, but if you take one step, then that's going to produce a result, um, you know, the equal and opposite reaction. And then from whatever that step takes you to, sometimes another step will unfold. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to know the whole thing every step of the way ahead of time to be able to take a step or two now that's going to lead you in the direction that you want to. What would happen if two people... I'm sorry, what would happen if two people were were trying to use the visualization on the exact same object, the exact same thing. Who would get it? Well, that's a really good question that you ask, and that's part of what I would consider to be some of the other secrets of visualization is to look at our world and our universe not as being like a fixed pie, but more like how a radio broadcast works. So this is an internet show, whether it's internet or um, a radio station or a television station, there's a, a broadcast and these sound waves go out into the universe. 
and whoever is tuned to it can receive it. So it's not like there are only a certain fixed number of people who can receive it. It's anybody who wants it. Who and, has yet, their... and yet, at the flick of a switch, two digits on a computer system, I can make it for just the people I want to listen to. Okay. So how does this work then? I, well, I think the same thing is, uh, one of the things that I learned and mm-hmm. that I practice is in visualizing not to visualize something for another person. So I know sometimes parents will want to visualize that their child uh, marries this particular person or gets this particular job, which, you know, maybe the child wants that and maybe they don't. Um, So I think part of um, respecting the unlimited quality of the universe is also respecting that people have free will and that it's up to each person to determine what they want so that people aren't basically visualizing it cross purposes in terms of, you know, two people wanting the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. I think in most cases when something like that happens, you know, let's say they're, um, well, I just bought a condo, you know, there's only one condo, only one person can buy it. And whoever puts out the offer that the buyer wants, Mm -hmm. that's who gets it. But that doesn't mean that's the only condo in the whole city. There's plenty of others. In fact, there's plenty of others in the same complex that I live in. So... All right, I but we're not we're not talking person. we're not talking about condos. We're talking about something that happens in the esoteric, being a th- the result of a thought pattern or a thought belief or a thought request. I, I'm fully aware of how real estate works, but I'm not aware of how the manifestation of a thought occurs within the universe. What are the dynamics behind the actual physical manifestation? That's where I'm in having terms a problem. Of the- Okay. In terms of the physical laws and how it operates, I'm not a physicist, so I can tell you how the mental laws operate um, in terms of the relationship of the mental laws to the physical laws. But, I, but the, I'm asking you as a metaphysician here. I'm not asking you as, as, a, as a physicist. Don't, isn't this something that you would teach in, in, in your courses? Yes. Maybe if you could ask a more specific question, I... You know, in terms of like the mental law of reality. No, what, listen, what I'm asking, what I'm, what I'm asking is something very simple. Okay. If I set my intent or my thought on something, let's say a new job, okay? Uh huh. How does the universe make that happen? I think it's a combination of my thought the strength of my mental broadcast or mental projection, the um, ability that I have to resonate with whoever is offering the job. And so that might be in terms of how I communicate with them. It might be in terms of me researching to find out what they're looking for so that I can as closely as possible match my mental image of what I'm wanting to offer to their mental image of what they're wanting to receive. And that's what sets up the attraction is that there's a match. And the more exact the match is, then the more likely that thought form is going to be to manifest. To me, that's nothing. That That's not uh, 
anything spectacular. That's not anything a person who is seeking a job wouldn't do anyway. Well, in my experience, I don't think metaphysics is very spectacular. I think, as you're saying, it's common sense. I think it has to do with being clear. I think it has to do with being willing to um, put forth the mental as well as mm-hmm. physical activity. I just, I don't think that that's so common. I mean, I know a lot of people who will look at job listings and they won't ever apply to any of them because they have self-doubt or... Um, well, they have egos. Thing earlier, right? You know, they're lazy. They mm-hmm. say, oh, you know, I can make such and such an hour, so I'm not going to work for less than that. And, right. you know, not realizing if they're not working at all, <laughs> they're not making the big bucks either. So let me ask you the final question. Um, what is what is the purpose of life then? Oh, that's, um, this is what I think the purpose of life is. I think that our purpose is to become as compatible to our creator as we can. So learning um, our relationship, if someone believes in a creator, if not, then greater humanity, learning where we come from, our original source, what our particular um, calling is or mission, how we can most completely express ourselves and aid other people and help the world to be better. How can people find out more information about you and your books and all that you have to offer? They can go to my website, which is laurelclark.com. They can um, also, I have two related companies. One is called Whole Life Resources, and the other one is Laurel Clark Creations. Mm -hmm. And um, it has my uh, email and contact information on there. All right, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Take care, and ExoNation, if you would like to get more information about Laurel Clark, lady who has me totally baffled. She doesn't believe in metaphysics, but she teaches metaphysics, and she writes books about metaphysics, which to me makes no sense at all. But if you'd like to get confused yourself, visit her website at www.laurelclark.com. I don't know, there's nothing metaphysical about getting off your butt and getting that job looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, hey, you can do better. And don't forget, Exxon Nation, there's no such thing as failure. There's only opportunities to reevaluate, educate, and turn that problem into a solution. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. <laughs> <laughs> 